welcome to Trashlight. I am one of your hosts, Colleen. And I am your other host, Rebecca. And here on Trashlight, we talk about the good, the bad, and the culturally relevant from the works of Stephanie Meyer. This week, we are talking about chapter 47 of The Host. It is entitled Employed. And in this chapter, we get to see the gang all together on raids. So it's Ian, Kyle, Jared, and Wanderer going on raids that are less raids and more shopping trips in various cities throughout the Midwest-ish of America. They We get kind of like a perspective on how this has generally been going and how things have changed. With the addition of Wanderer, they check into a motel and there's a very interesting like world-building moment at the hotel that we'll talk about. And then they're headed home to Arizona, Jared and Wanderer in the car, and... I almost said Andy and Kyle. Absolutely not. Um, Ian and Kyle in the, like, moving the U-Haul, basically, that they have with all of the supplies. And the chapter ends with siren lights in the back and Jared realizing that he's going 20 over the speed limit and bum, bum, bum. That's the end of the chapter. Yes, yes, yes. That that they have been caught doing mm-hmm. something they're not supposed to. <gasps> Qué horror. Yes, yes. I just, why why is this chapter title employed? I she's not gonna be she's not being paid. It's very weird. It's yeah, it's very weird, especially because this whole chapter also like has the smell of like. Should we just talk about the weird socialism now? Like yeah, because yeah. so Wander is able to walk into these grocery stores, department stores, etc., and just take what she needs because as it's been established in this book. Souls don't use money. Like, you take what you need. And what gets established in this chapter is that the flip side of that is that, like, your calling is kind of part of your, like, re-contribution back to society. Plus, it seemed like there were general, like, community days. Like, Wanderer abstractly mentions, like, I always cleaned up trash on my day. The day that it was my day to, like, take the trash out or whatever. Yes. So it sounds like they live in this very, like, socialist, communal, beautiful, like, I would love to live in a society like that where, like... You took what you need to, yeah, to each according to their need from each according to their ability. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds awesome. Um, and she feels some guilt about what she's doing in these different stores because she's not giving to these communities. She's just taking and that feels bad. And Melanie helps her justify it by saying, like, these are extenuating circumstances. Like, these people need these things. And that's... You are, you as an individual are providing for a separate community. Yeah, and you're not actively hurting the communities that you're in by taking these resources. It's not something that Melanie says, but I think is an important, like, coin flip to that statement that helps Wanda be okay with it. That, like, she's not holding up a bank with a gun. She's just taking a carton of eggs. And, like, I think we should say as okay with it as Wanda ever is. Like, she's guilt-ridden the whole time. And whether or not she's fully okay with what she's doing is highly debatable. Yeah, she's like Edward. She's very Catholic. Yes, yes, yes. But, I mean, she keeps doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, like, that society sounds sweet to live in, and I would love to live somewhere where that was the structure. That sounds dope. Money is fake and also a disease. Yeah, and she does specify that, like, everyone in the society does have to take care of their communities. Like, the garbage day in particular, I think... The way that I read that, and I could be, who knows, I could be very wrong, is that every soul 
has a garbage day where they like and the way that i envisioned it was that you like you ride around the garbage truck and you pick up all the garbage and you do the things and then you go home and that's your garbage day you you contribute to the sanitization and the health of your city and that's an incredibly important job yeah we talked about garbage day like way way back when we were first talking about how the society works and stephanie meyer answered our question yeah and yeah i think it's very important that it's not just an abstract give and take of like oh i get to take groceries because i have a day job it's like yes that's part of it but also like we all are responsible for making our community a good place to be. Yeah. Which is kind of beautiful. Like, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say, uh, she did reference, when she was talking about this whole system, she referenced her calling of teaching as not a particularly taxing one. And I was oh like, my God. bam! <laughs> um, oh, really yes. not the week, month, general time to be Rebecca and I were just talking about this for anyone to be implying that my job is easy and not you know strenuous and horrible yes uh so I was like personally triggered by that I, yeah I think the direct quote was not a taxing calling and I was like hmm about that hmm yeah I guess she was teaching like a single college class which is very different yeah yeah but, I mean, Still. Stephanie Meyer has always thought that teaching is, like, a very easy waltz in, say some words, waltz out sort of a job. Yeah, that's why Renee is a kindergarten teacher. Famously, the easiest job in the world. Yes, and that Bella wants to be a teacher as well, but, like, at a collegiate level. Yeah, which I think that's... is probably actually easier than kindergarten. But... Yes, oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, you're not dealing with five-year-olds. Yeah, they won't, if they poop themselves, it's their problem in college, you know? If a five year old poops themselves, it's your problem. But if the college student <laughs> shits themselves, it's their problem. <laughs> I feel like that's a real hard line in education, right? Like, when you hit the age of student where if they shit themselves, it's not your problem, that's a good age. <laughs> like, that's a yes, good age. Yes, And I feel so, like, honestly, like, hot take, I think that age is, like, 15, like, I think if a 12-year-old yeah. shits themselves, you, you, you still have to help them. You still have to help them, yes. <laughs> like, they are still still very small. I think that age is, like, pretty high, where it's like, oh, you shit your pants? Like, if you're not dying, that needs to be a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes. I just, I think it's so interesting, the commentary coming from the men, particularly Kyle, at the start of this raid, because he's like, wow, raids are so boring now. Like, there's no danger. There's no excitement. Which, like, cool, cool, cool. I'm so glad that you're bored. But also, you finally have a way to safely provide for your community. Yeah, you would think that someone who has been traumatized in the way that all of the folks living in the caves have would be a lot less cavalier about the, like, privilege of boredom, you know? Yes. That's a really good way to put it. Because they <laughs> all, all of them... Like, Jared doesn't unclench enough to complain because he's got a massive stick up his ass. He's very clenched. Very clenched the whole time. But, like, and Ian at least is a good sport about it. But, like, all of them are bored and all of them aren't okay with it. Yeah, they're like, where's my stimulation? Yeah, it's where's like, my okay. danger? You're not seven. Like, you need to learn how to just deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I, I did, I clocked that too. Like, 
in a situation like that, it should feel very good to be bored. Like, mm-hmm. unless you've become, unless you've, like, gone all the way around the trauma circle and you've been, become so desensitized to the moral danger you're constantly putting yourself in that, like, your nerve endings are fried from the constant adrenaline and when you don't have that, you feel nothing at all and that's probably scary, so you want the adrenaline instead. I'm not a psychologist, but if I had to guess. <laughs> if I had to throw out a baby guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic. And this brings us a little bit to the hotel, which we don't need to get into yet. But it's also very interesting that this is the group of folks on the raid. It's not for like plot reasons, because these are the people other than Kyle that we know the best. Why is Kyle here? Because he's in love with Jared. We've been over this. We've been over this. <laughs> um, but you would think that they would send... It makes sense that there's, they send Jared because he's the best at raids or whatever. Sure, whatever. Um, he's... As we were saying. And it kind it does make a certain amount of sense to send Ian because he's someone that is going to look out for Wanda's best interest and that Wanda is comfortable with. I would have thought person number three would be a woman. We've When raiding parties have come back, they have not been all male. Like, yeah. we've had women come back from raiding parties, so it's not, like, a weird cave rule. The bed situation is a little less tenuous because apparently Kyle eschews hotels and only sleeps in the car. But, like, they get two queen beds, and then Jared and Ian are sharing awkwardly so that Wanda can have her own bed for awkwardness reasons. And it seems like among any of this, it would be nice to have a woman around for her. Yeah. But we, God forbid, Stephanie Meyer let us get to know a female character other than our main character. So we don't have one who we know well enough to be like throwing on a small rating group in chapter 47. Yeah. And I think this would have been a really good time to have like Lily come because of things that aren't. Things that will be relevant to the plot um, later. Yes. But, like... Reminding us who Lily is would have been a really important in this chapter. A really, really good move right now. Which we will get to in your time in a few weeks and our time in a few minutes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Tune in, I guess. (laughs) Leave you with that delicious cliffhanger. Yeah, I'll just bury that lead. (laughs) Stick a little gravestone over it. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's... It doesn't make a lot of logistical sense. Also because, presumably, the reason that Kyle... Sorry, start a bunch of sentences. The reason Kyle's sleeping in the car is because he's not comfortable with all of the soul interaction that they've been having on this raid as compared to others. And he's more used to sleeping in the car. Presumably, the fact that they would be interacting more with souls would have been apparent prior to their leaving. This should not have come as a surprise to Kyle when they made their first stop on their raiding trip. So if he was not comfortable with that, subbing him out for a person who would be comfortable with that makes a certain amount of sense. Someone who has potentially been on Team Wanda for a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, I also think that, like, showing the whole text of this raid and plotting it out in the books is kind of lame. Yeah. I don't think that we necessarily... I know plot-wise why we need it, but in terms of, like, the world building and the strength of what's going on, I just, it's plot seven in a book that already has too many. Yeah, and the only mildly interesting detail we get from this chapter has nothing to do with the logistics of their raid. Like, we could have hard cut to them in a motel after a successful raid and had the detail that we're going to talk about and 
We wouldn't have lost anything. Um, before we get there, though, I do have one other thing that I want to talk about chronologically speaking mm-hmm. before we get there. They're talking about how when Wanda goes and picks up stuff, she's picking up mostly non-perishables, reusables, things like that. But we'll also pick up, like, lunch and dinner for them and some perishables as, like, snacks for them. And that, you know, Ian and Kyle were very excited to get some of their, like, I think one of them really likes ice. Maybe I made up the ice cream thing. Ian likes mint chocolate chip ice cream. Mint chocolate chip ice cream. And Kyle likes caramel. Yes. And so, you know, that makes sense. And then Wanda says that Jared had, quote, given up favorites, which the stick is so far up his ass. And then she also says that his priorities were uncontaminated by personal desire, which like, no, they aren't. His priorities are all about personal desire. He just masks them in utilitarianism like every white man anyone's ever been on a bad date with to pretend that that his morals mean something. Like... They don't. Everything he does is specifically for personal desire, and he's just probably also tricked himself into thinking that they're not, that they're for the good of everybody else. Today I'm feeling real therapisty, apparently. I'm like, let's do it. Let's get into it. Um, but, like, everything he's done has been for personal self-desire. And yes. I want to plant that seed now because I want to talk about that next week. There's some. Mm-hmm. There's a big thing that happens next week where... Jared's personal desire not only being the thing that gives him his ethos, but also being the thing that motivates the behavior of everyone at camp is going to be huge next week, and I'm going to be fucking righteously angry about it when we get there. So, just sprinkling that Just in right little, now. tune in next week for all of us. Yeah, just a little tasty tidbit. Getting, getting mad at Jared, which, like, you know, not a huge surprise. Also, I just, it's just so dumb. Mm-hmm. Because everything that we know about Jared up to this point, like, you can tell us things about him all you want, but when you've shown us X and Y and Z, mm-hmm. it's useless. It's pointless. Yeah, it's the classic men don't think anger is an emotion. <laughs> like, I'm not emotional because I'm just angry all the time. And it's like, I have terrible news for you. Anger is an Anger <laughs> is, in fact, an emotion. Wow. Would you like to sit down on the couch and unpack that for a little bit? Man. And their answer is no. No. <laughs> Men would rather do literally anything than go to therapy, so. Oh, God. Horrific. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So they get to the hotel, and they're flipping through the TV channels, and apparently all the soul shows are bad because they are, like, all governed by common sense media, apparently. Like, there's no blood and no violence and no bad guys. It's like And they all have happy endings. And they all have happy endings, like... Truly, it's like if Common Sense Media got to control the world. It was like, yes. why? Like, are they not allowed to enjoy stories? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That detail is stupid. I just thought my Common Sense Media job But, was like, funny. all of those stories aren't enjoyable to souls. Souls don't like those stories. Well, souls are stupid and immature. <laughs> I want my heart to get broken by cartoons. Yes, yes. Like, shout out I- to She-Ra, Princesses of Power. <laughs> yeah. And also, every I just want to get my heart broken all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it's keeps cathartic, me feeling alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. Never mind. But we were Sorry. talking about the, the hotel and how they're, like, unpacking and doing other things. And But Wanda is looking out the window and she sees a family. And this family, family. has... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> has two adults, um, the mom and the dad. And they are both souls. And their one-year-old child is a human and has not been handed over to the government for conversion. Bum, bum, um, bum. 
Yes, yes, yes. And she's like, oh, look, it's hope. Fucking Which end is also... of Rogue One ass motherfucker. <laughs> Which is just fucking wild. But I do think that this is a very interesting world building point. And this is this is the world building point that we're going to talk about. This is the one thing that matters in this chapter. Truly the only thing that matters in this chapter. Have we spent 17 minutes talking about other shit? Yes. Yes. But this is the thing that matters. <laughs> but we had to get to this. We had to build to this. Um, and it's interesting partially because of... And I'm going to call it the cult of motherhood because that is what Stephanie Meyer relies upon in order to justify why this child hasn't been given up. That this, she blames it all on the woman, really, that this woman is so attached. She does. Yeah. No, no, you're right. And I love the phrase cult of motherhood because that's exactly what it is. She, she blames it all on the mother. She says that this mother is so attached to this child that she pushed out of her own body um, and that motherhood is revered among the species of the souls such that um, no one in the souls would dare separate them. And so, ergo, the the baby will stay human for however long the baby stays human. But the mother, the mother will not give it up. Yeah, and she also mentions that, like, this is the only planet that does, that they've been on that does live births other than their own, which, there were fucking dolphins. Yes, um, but she's never been on the dolphin planet. Okay, that's, but I thought she said that, like, hosts had not like this was the first time that souls had ever encountered live births other than themselves like generally not just her specifically the the dolphin planet is new oh okay so the dolphin planet sequentially sequentially came after Earth. right 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 sorry my bad yeah so i i don't know but the the broader point around that is that like that feels very much like a correlation does not equal causation moment because it's true in at least the I can't believe I'm the one about to talk about biology, but it's true at least in the like the Terran biology that we have Mm -hmm. access to knowledge about because we live on Earth with Earth species that humans give live birth and are attached to their young. And there are lots of species who don't give live birth who are not attached to their young. For example, learned this Kiwis, they have a 90 day incubation period and then the baby is born and the parents give up on it immediately. And to the point where like. If the baby doesn't leave the territory of the parents fast enough, the parents will, like, chase it out because they'll see it as a competitor. Like, immediately oh. after birth. <laughs> little kiwis? That's why their eggs are so big, because they have to come out kind of big and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got to be a precocial species. Yeah. Um, so, obviously... But then you also have, like, alligators and little baby alligators ride around with their mamas. Right, exactly. Like, yes, that it's not correlated to live birth or not. It's that some species have evolved with certain tendencies given a bazillion different factors and other species have evolved to do things differently because of the bazillion specific factors that were around when they were evolving how to give birth like and also Also, lifespans yeah and like every single altricial bird in the world like albatrosses live with their parents for like years yeah and like isn't one of the reasons that like humans like we because we have a longer lifespan like we live with our parents for longer it's not that like our mothers are more maternal it's that we are like not mature yet for more years than other species are at least partially yeah. so what the the words that i keep dropping are um precocious versus i believe it's ultracial but precocious births are things like horses where you and like giraffes where mom drops baby on the ground and baby is able to like walk, talk, run immediately. Sure, they certainly need, like, more nurturing and other things in which to, like, fend for themselves, but they can do a lot. We, Mm -hmm. 
as a species, have incredibly altricial births. And correct me if I'm using the wrong word, but I, I don't think I am. Um, I'll How Google it later. How the fuck would I know? <laughs> but, like, we we can't hold our heads up. We can barely breathe. The only things that we really have are, like, a suckle reflex and the ability to scream and shit. <laughs> and, and honestly, so, same. Yeah, right? And so we stay with our parents um, so that we can get through all of those stages. It's not just about lifespan, but it's about how developed you are at birth. Species with longer lifespans generally do have more altricial births than precocial births um, because you have more time in which to have that development occur externally rather than internally. Um, and internal development takes a lot of energy from the mom. And so there is, I think, an argument for energetic usage in that way. Evolutionarily, there's adaptations for it. You can argue that that's why that developed, that it is to the advantage of the moms to get those out early so you can take care of, you can spend that energy protecting them externally because that's easier than yeah. internal development. But yeah. All that to say, her this this strikes me a lot like the converse, like the musings that Wanderer had on human love and affection a chapter or two ago, where it's like, She's in an interesting ballpark, but extremely misguided, like, on every front. I am and right, the word is altricial. <laughs> nice. And of course, Ian and Kyle are, like, overcome by the fact that there's, like, a sole parent with a human child living in harmony. Yes. Yeah, it's and they're wild. just, like, absolutely flabbergasted. Um, and then that that's when we get the little note about the fact that they share a bed, and Jared's like, no funny business, and Ian is like, I could do better. Yes, which is the best line in this entire chapter, because yes. he fully deadpans with Jared, like, you know, if I was so inclined, I think I could do better. And he could. He could, he could, he really could. And my strong recommendation is, get a cot, like, all hotels have cots, like... Is there not a pull-out sofa? There's literally no reason for them to be sharing a bed. God damn. Uh... Mm. So, And, like, anyway. rotate who uses the pull-out sofa. Sure. Wanda can even be part of that rotation once you have three yeah. individual beds. Yeah. Like, oof. Absolutely bonkers. Oof. Absolutely. Or you could apply the, the kleptotor rule, which is whoever's driving the next day automatically gets dibs on the best bed, because if you're not doing the long drive, you can sleep in the car. So yeah. if it's Mel, or I was about to say Mel, if it's Wanda's turn to drive, the next day mm -hmm. she gets a nice bed. If it's going to be Jared's turn to drive, then, like, Someone else gets the cot. He gets the nicer bed. Like, anyway. Yeah. If they yeah. had a single brain cell to rub between them, there are so many better options. And yet. And they certainly don't. <laughs> no. And then it ends with them. So, specifically, because this will be good setup for what happens in the next chapter. Mm -hmm. They, when they're doing the raids, they're all in the car together or the van or whatever. The, like, the, the passenger car. And then when they, but they have this, like, U-Haul that they have all the stuff in. And when they're driving back, Jared and Wanda are in the car and Kyle and Ian are in the U-Haul and they are intentionally trying to stay separated on the road so that they just look like two different cars passing and not a caravan. That way, I think, they don't say this, but presumably so that when they turn off of the road into the middle of the desert, it's a lot less conspicuous. Yes. It's like if someone were to see like one car do it, it's like, oh, it's late at night. Like they're just doing a lap to stay awake or take a quick nap or whatever, or, you know, whatever. Then maybe they're changing a tire rather than like, oh, two cars pulling off at the same time. That looks a little weird. But that's important for what happens with the cops in the next chapter, because it's important to note that they're only Wanda and Jared are getting pulled over. Currently, Kyle and Ian are not involved. 
And that Kyle and Ian are behind them. Yes. Is the other thing to note. But Jared is speeding, and he doesn't really realize that he's speeding. It is quite late at night, and there are sirens in the distance. It's a pretty good ending, all things it considered. Is. Like, yeah. good tension. And I think it's even better because so much of this chapter has been such an emotional tension letdown, you know? Yes. Because they're on they're on this raid, something that has throughout the entirety of the books been built up as like, oh, Neil Biter, their lives are at risk every minute of this. And Wanda's just out shopping. She's like, yeah, cool, whatever. I'm Women just be like, shopping. I did this in San Diego. Um, and then to end it with like, oh, we are miles away from home. Like, the end is near. And, oh, oh, shit. Like, we're about to be pulled over. Yeah. I do want to note that you said books. It has tragically only been one book that we have been oh, reading. I know fuck. It, I know it feels like a lot more. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> it's just the one. <laughs> Horrific. But, yeah, I'm out of notes. Same. Um, if you want to talk to us, you can email us at trashlight at gmail.com. We are on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trashlight. You can find us on Tumblr, trashlight-podcast.tumblr.com. And we have a website, trashlight.simplecast.fm. And on that note, bye! bye.